everybody. It's Scentsy Brewcast, the voice of Scentsy Craft. I'm the Gnarly Gnome, and I am here all by myself. Well, not all by myself, but as far as the show goes, all by myself again. So uh, bear with me on this show. Tina will be back next week. Um, but tonight, I'm in... Am I in Monroe? Am I in Middletown? I'm not really 100% sure. But I'm at Fig Leaf, a brewery situated up here in Butler County, I think. going to be number... Either the fourth one in Butler County, if my count is right, depending on how you count it. But um, I'm excited about it because I know if anybody's a careful listener to the show, you know I also live up here in Butler County, which um, selfishly means that I like this place because it's going to be close to home. All right, so I'm going to – I'm not even going to try to remember names. I'm going to run around the table, have everybody introduce themselves, starting over here to my left. Hi, I'm Rich Brown. I'm Tasha Brown. Andy Allgaier. Brian Yavorsky. Jeff Fortney. That is a whole bunch of people for me to run sound on all at the same time. (laughs) (laughs) This is a daunting task. So I'm excited about the show because um, you guys have kind of, in my opinion, snuck under the radar for a while, which is always fun for me because I always like to know things before they happen. So when I don't know something before it happens, then it makes it really fun to kind of, I'm, I'm almost keeping up with everybody else. So I'm, I'm excited to talk to you guys tonight. When I walked in, I was just blown away by the space. It, um, you guys have, I mean, not that I was expecting you to do differently, but it, it, it's always surprising when you see somebody do something, what I consider, you know, quote unquote, the right way, you know, you're definitely not cutting any corners with what you've got going on here. And, uh, it's going to be nothing but good for, for Butler County and for Cincinnati, for Dayton, for, um, man, for, for, for everybody in this area. So I guess that's kind of where, where I would start with this, you know, this bridge between Cincinnati and Dayton. Do you guys consider yourselves a Cincinnati brewery? Do you consider yourselves a Dayton brewery? Do you consider yourselves kind of your own little island smack dab here in the middle, just waiting for your neighbors to open up to, or, um, just anybody jump in here, you know? Right. <laughs> um, yeah, so Brian, we, we had a very interesting path trying to find a location. Um, a lot of the cities and municipalities that we talk to, there's a lot going on in every city, right? There's breweries opening everywhere. There's a lot of large ventures going on, you know, Liberty Town Center, things like that that are going on everywhere. Um, we originally were attracted to the Monroe location only because uh, it's one of the fastest growing interchanges on I-75. Um, lots going on there with the outlet malls, the Racino, lots of build out. It was also one of those areas that when you look at a map, um, it's where a lot of people live that work in Cincinnati and Dayton, right? Kind of bridge the gap between the two cities. And you know, one of the things that our team heard a lot just in the planning stages were that the people that live in this area, you know, how much they like the breweries in Cincinnati, Dayton, but it's a heck of a drive. You know, you get home from work on a Friday night or, or even Saturday during the afternoon, you have kids or you have families, you know, getting in the car and going, you know, 15, 20, 30 miles, have a couple of beers and you got to drive home. It's a little daunting. So given all the plans that Ohio has had, you know, in this area and on the interchange, um, it seemed like a great location when we started out. And, you know, as we've, as we've planned and we've talked to people and they've seen the space and we're right on Sunday road, Cincinnati, Dayton road, which is kind of you know interesting in the whole model. Um, we've likewise had great conversations with both you know Daytonians and Cincinnatians. Um, so we're hoping that's a great sign that, that we are bridging a gap. Um, so not only are we going to be a great venture for the people that are local that may not want to drive as far on a Saturday or Friday night, but 
also I think it's a great way for us to, to bring the, the communities together. Um, and that was right in time with a lot of announcements around the whole Dayton, Cincinnati metropolis too, right? There was a lot of news article about that, you know, whether you subscribe to that or not, you know, you know, whatever. But, um, I think there's a lot going on between both cities that we're in a prime location to, well, and I've take, talked, take I've talked to, to Rivertown a little bit about that and, you know, all the different reasons that you would choose Monroe when you're, when you're looking to, to put that much money into a brewery and, um, you know, I, as, as a blogger, I've always written about Cincinnati beer and it's always been Cincinnati, Cincinnati, Cincinnati. And, you know, from time to time people ask me, you know, well, you know, why don't, why don't you write about Dayton? You know, there's, there's a lot going on up here and I just, you know, well, I, you know, I can't, it's too much to handle. And, you know, it's, 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 it makes it too big of a scene and that kind of stuff. And, you know, the more you see how stuff is kind of coming together, the more you start to see that it is kind of becoming this bigger thing. And I think it's, it's exciting to see for somebody like me that lives in Butler County that it is some days just as easy for me to jump in the car and shoot up to Dayton and go to a brewery as it is to go downtown. And um, I think, you know, stuff in Monroe kind of makes it that much easier too. It's like, well, you can just stop there, you know. <laughs> All of a sudden, well, I don't even need to, you know, get on 75 to get up here. And it just, you know, there's, there's, there's a lot of reasons why it's a, it's a smart move. Did you guys, um, did you look at, other areas, I mean, I assume you you looked at others. I think uh, I think I heard Lebanon or something too was kind of on the radar. And yeah, we originally started uh, towards Le- we know we wanted to stay kind of somewhere in the middle uh, for the most part. Uh, we've literally looked everywhere from Lebanon to West Carrollton to Westchester to Loveland to Monroe, Middletown, and cities in between. Um, and we came across this property that was right here on Cincinnati Dayton Road, um, and it's right in right near where we had wanted to be originally also, you know, where the Monroe interchange, you know, about 1.2 miles away from three CNO and outlet malls. Uh, so it kind of fit what we needed. Size of space was similar to what we needed. Um, also the right price doesn't, doesn't hurt right. <laughs> to, uh, for a startup, you know, that's always a big concern for us. Um, so we ended up here. So, um, it's very tricky to find a, a building that will work for a brewery, particular, particularly a 20-barrel production brewery. It's also, add to that, uh, at a price point that makes sense and you can make work in the business model. So we had, uh, Brian and Andy had sort of uh, made contact with the landlord of this building and it had, they hadn't even technically built it yet. They had ordered all the parts and pieces. And so we, we kind of ride that line in between making use of the space that was there and kind of getting a little bit of customization as well. Right. And so that was a uh, very fortuitous. Well, anybody that we've talked to, well, almost anybody that we've talked to that builds something from the ground up, you know, you could drive down the street and see what Rivertown's, it's the same idea. You know, a brewery itself doesn't need to be a complicated structure. You just need, you know, tall ceilings, wide open space, some, some, some concrete floors and some drains, you know, and that's <laughs> the, the basics behind it. But, um, I don't know if we're getting too far ahead of ourselves, but you know, tell us a little bit about the space that, that I'm sitting here staring at right now. You know, the, the, the tap room space, kind of the size. Um, you guys have a killer freaking patio outside that I know um, some of the people that I, that I like to drink with are going to absolutely love that. So, well, I'll give you, you going on. I'll give you some numerical specs, but I'll let some of the others actually talk to some more of the complex things in the building. It's essentially a 8,500 square foot building. We've got about 1,900 square foot of internal tap room, and the rest is you know, dedicated to production and cold storage. A uh, little small on the tap room size comparative. Um, 
we did it that way because we wanted to build in growth into the system. Uh, you know, I'm sure Jeff will make comments to that throughout your questioning. But uh, so we said, well, how can we make the most use out of the taproom space we had? Uh, the great things about the where we're located in these buildings is there's a, a really great wide outdoor space and parking lot uh, between the buildings we're in. And so, um, you know, working with the city of Middletown, who's been great, uh, they let us essentially put up a 80 foot by 16 foot patio railing. Uh, and we're also working on getting it winterized with an awning. Uh, so we can keep a 10 foot roll up door that we have offside the tap room open all year round, really extend the tap room. I mean, essentially we've doubled, almost doubled our tap room space. It's about a 1400 square foot patio. Uh, so, you know, we think that's been really fortuitous because uh, we've been able to get the best of both worlds, which is the size and space that we needed in the production area for built-in growth, but then also having enough butts and seats, so to speak, so that you've got people to consume the growth. Well, and to give people kind of an idea of taproom space, like I, I'm trying to think of who you can compare size-wise of just this taproom side. I don't think that it's that much smaller than what like a what Madtree is looking at right now, right? I mean, it's it's it, it's not a small tap room by any means, and you, you throw that patio in on the in the mix. It's I mean, you guys are definitely setting yourselves up to be fairly big here too. Is that um, well, and you know, staring at a huge giant cold box next to me too? How you know you're clearly wanting some beer to leave this place too, in addition to the tap room sales, right? Definitely. Yeah. From day one, we wanted to have a, a nice mix of tap room and distribution, both from day one. Um, so we kind of set ourselves up that way. And of course, you know, talking to Jeff, uh, one of the biggest things that goes first is cold storage. Uh, it's hard to come by uh, dry storage. You can probably get a lot of different places, but coming by cold storage is not easy if you have to go off site. Uh, so we kind of oversized, if you will, our cooler to the best that we could to fit into our building. Um, so yeah. A piece of that too is that we're planning on self-distributing at least to start with. And so I saw your truck sitting out front. I'm assuming that's tied into that. <laughs> yes, yes, of course. Definitely. <laughs> but since we're going to self-distribute, like if it's not being tapped here or if it's not going out for distro, it, it, everything else, all of our inventory has to sit in that box. That's why. Right. <laughs> that's why we give up a thousand square feet to it. And I don't think that a lot of people kind of take that into account too. You know, if you've got a place like Mad Tree, you know, when they make a beer, it's leaving and going out to Cavalier, who has their own warehouse. You know, we heard of, you know, Cellar Dweller and their distributor's warehouse burning down the other night. You know, the, that's that's where all that product is kept. It's not kept around the corner in the brewery. It's sitting there for kind of a short period of time versus somebody that does self-distribute. You kind of have to be that that warehouse, too. So I don't, I don't know that a lot of people think about that, but... Um, it's hard to deny it when you're in here. <laughs> it's impressive. Um, so distribution, I'm assuming both Cincinnati, Dayton, kind of um, not really leaning towards one or the other, kind of playing that, that bridge again and trying to... Well, I think certainly we'll start, you know, start with the local market and expand outward. But yeah, I think both definitely Cincinnati and Dayton are uh, quickly coming. Right. I think there's a lot of opportunity in the immediate area. You know, I don't think we've got to um, spend time sniping or specifically targeting specific Dayton and Cincinnati areas. I think, you know, concentric circle out from where you are, your backyard, own your backyard, that whole strategy moving outward is very smart. Um, there's a lot of great communities between Cincinnati and Dayton that have a lot of really key primary craft beer drinkers that aren't serviced 
to the fullest yet, and not not because the other breweries don't want to, but they've owned their backyard first, right? So they've got a lot of focus, you know, Warped Wing and Dayton, Matry and Cincinnati, and they're they're expanding, um, and they're in those areas. But you look at communities like uh, Westchester, you know, Mason, Liberty Township, Lebanon, Monroe, you know, where Miami University is, Trenton. You look at all these outlying areas. There's there's a massive market uh, in this this middle zone. Um, and at, I think, le- at least we're hoping. Well, at least we're hoping, right? The re- <laughs> so, so the research says, right? So the research says. I, from from my experience, you know, sometimes the places where I see a brewery opening up, and I I think, oh man, you know, they're gonna have to keep some kind of a Kolsch or a Blonde or something like that on all the time because everybody's just gonna come in there wanting Bud Light or you know. Sometimes those are the places that surprise me the most too. You know, people come in and fall in love with the you know belgian triple or something like that you know it, it, it's it, it's almost you know and, and maybe that's my kind of um naive beer love but I, I i don't think you can go wrong anywhere right now <laughs> i think that there are just so many people just desperate for that that neighborhood place or that place that they can stop on their way home from work you know and and, and grab a beer or fill their growler and and um it just it's it's exciting to see that you know there is still these pockets that are getting their their own place you know so i'm surprised with the number of people that we've come in contact with that aren't familiar with craft beer that want to know about it right that want to get in they want to understand even with all the growth that we've seen yeah even with all the growth i mean even all of the people that have been here helping us work on the building whether that's friends family suppliers contractors vendors whatever um you know, they're here and they're, they're working on something with us or helping us with something and instantly curious. You know, they want to know everything about what we're doing and they can't wait to try the product. Um, it's just intense curiosity. And I think that's, that's good for us, right? It's good for us to have a lot of community local people that have come here have that intense curiosity because that's, I mean, that's what it's all about, right? Bringing, bringing something you love to other people that may not know about it yet, right? Mining, mining that forest of of non-craft beer drinkers and, and kind of pulling them into this. I think that that, uh, that should be the goal of everybody. But, um, well, I wonder sometimes if it is. I, I look around and there's there's some days where I doubt it. But, you know, you never know. It, uh, I'll tell you what, let's take a quick break um, and then let's talk about beer. I want I've, to, I've heard all kinds of fun stuff about different styles and techniques and things like that. And um, admittedly, I'm a little lacking on my, my brewing knowledge. So hopefully I can learn a little something too. But um, we'll be right back. Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi, Mike Cisneros here with a word about Brewhouse Dog Bones. By now, craft beer fans all over Cincy know the distinctive brown paper sack with a big red bone. You've seen it in great breweries like Mount Carmel, Listerman's, Rheingeist, 8 Ball, Braxton, and more. At just 5 bucks a bag, you know you can't find a more healthful or delicious treat for your best friend made from spent brewery grains, organic eggs, peanut butter, and brown rice flour. But did you know that Brewhouse Dog Bones is an educational program for developmentally disabled teens and young adults? It's available through the New Richmond, Cincinnati Public, Fort Thomas Public, Sycamore, Oak Hills, and many more school districts across Southwest Ohio and Northern Kentucky. For more information on where to find Brewhouse Dog Bones or how to get your developmentally disabled loved one or your school district involved in the Brewhouse Dog Bones program, contact Lisa Graham at area code 513-520-0310 or visit www.brewhousedogbones.com. Give your dog the craft experience with Brewhouse Dog Bones. Um, I look at I look at 
the Bud Light drinkers out there is a you know a forest of harvesters. They're all out there and, and they don't know any better yet, but they will. You don't you don't ever hear somebody say, Yeah, I used to drink that craft beer crap. But I <laughs> I went back to my Bud Light. You don't hear that, do you? No, you don't. You're listening to Cincy Breakfast, the voice of Cincy Craft. Hi fans, I'm going to tell you about the new apparel supplier to Cincy Brewcast, Pastura Screen Print. Mario Pastura has built his family business with the craft beer movement in mind. They've done custom items for Old Firehouse, Listerman, and many more. Screen printing to embroidery, Pastura Screen Print has the answers for your custom apparel and marketing needs. Contact Mario or any of the pros at Pastura Screen Print at 513-550-2271 by email at pasturascreenprint at gmail.com and coming soon at www.pasturascreenprint.com. The craft of custom apparel is Pastura Screen Print. We're back at Fig Leaf. Um, I want to know a little bit about the beer. I know I, I kind of mentioned it before we left for our break, but um, you know I've heard lots of fun stuff about kind of pulling in some styles that you don't typically see around Cincinnati. Some some brewing techniques that you don't typically see um, again around the area. So um, kind of talk a little bit about that. You know, I know you guys have a four vessel brew house which um 20 barrel four vessel brew house from american custom metal craft we've talked to um richard and evan down at braxton and uh, you know as many times as they try to explain to me what decoction is i still don't really understand it but <laughs> i know that it has something to do with things kind of the, the the work coming in at different times or something like that. i don't know but i know that the four vessel makes stuff like that a lot easier <laughs> so um kind of can we explore that a little bit kind of some of the 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 things that it enables and the freedom that it gives you for stuff, I guess. So this is Jeff. Um, a four-vessel brew house, a lot of times it's, you go that way with an eye towards throughput. You're trying to get, you know, crank out production in a 24-hour cycle or whatever. And uh, we'll certainly have that advantage, but that's not why we chose to go that way. Um, the the four-vessel, and by four-vessel I mean mash mixer, mash louder, brew kettle, whirlpool. Uh, the mash mixer allows us to do much more complicated step mashes, uh, cereal mashes. So we're are, we're gonna have a much freer hand uh, in terms of grist composition. Uh, one of the things in particular over time I would w- want to uh, explore, and we'll certainly have the the flexibility and the capability to do it, is uh, really kind of experiment around with saisons and farmhouse ales. Uh, maybe use some interesting grains, both malted and and non-malted. And uh, like I said, with the four vessel system, we'll have the ability to do a cereal mash and then continue with a, a normal mash, which we can step up like you would see in uh, like classically Belgian or German approaches to brewing. What kinds of, um, what kinds of beer are we going to see kind of off the bat? What What is the, and I know that anymore, it seems like nobody kind of leans towards one style over another, but you know, kind of, kind of give us a hint at some of the stuff that's. So uh, early on, one of the things we'd all talked about was that we wanted to do not pin our hat in one area. We wanted right. to kind of like cover a broad variety of uh, styles, 
light to dark, hoppy, malty, high ABV, low ABV. I'm a big session beer fan myself. Uh, well, I guess I'm a big fan of all beers or I wouldn't be in this. But um, And so for our initial lineup, uh, and it remains to be seen due to a lot of timelines and scheduling things that are not quite inside of our control, exactly how many beers we'll have for launch. But uh, the first five or so beers we have pretty much picked out uh, we're, of course, we're going to do an American IPA. Surprise, surprise. Uh, number one selling style of craft beer. I mean, if it wasn't, it's kind of an overdone, You could one person might argue that it's an overdone style, but we're smack in the middle of a hop renaissance and it seems silly not to not to plumb those depths a little bit. And there's so many new hop varieties coming out and, uh, you know, access to some of those is harder for small guys like us, but uh, we uh, definitely want to explore that and so de definitely a hop forward American IPA. Uh, we're also going to do a, a like an imperial porter, a brown porter. It's basically my love letter to Fuller's London porter, uh, only maybe amped up a little bit more in the seven percent range. Uh, just a favorite style of mine. I've always loved it, I, and uh, test batch versions have uh, proven very popular. So, so there's hoppy, there's dark. We're doing a, a basmati cream ale as our light offering. Again, uh, based on uh, some inspiration from a homebrew friends of mine, uh, Ted Holloway specifically. So based on his original concept, but adapted to fit this production environment. Uh, it's a really nice, light, elegant uh, cream ale. A little bit of the basmati aroma. And uh, then a red Saison using uh, some various uh, flaked grains and uh, custom proprietary uh, Saison yeast blend. So those are our first four, and then the fifth, we'll, we're going to do a Kettle Sour Berliner as well. Awesome. Um, how many taps are you guys going to open with on the wall? We'll have uh, 20 taps. Uh, Perlick 650 SSs for those who might. <laughs> <laughs> Don't care. For, for, any, <laughs> for any geeks out there. <laughs> That's right. Also uh, Pegasus Growler Fill Station. Again, for any geeks. Anybody that knows, you know, kind of that take-home beer side, and, you know, you've been to to eight ball or Braxton or, um, let's see, you know, what other breweries have them around here. Um, but it, you know, basically purges all the air out of there, fills it up and, um, they last forever. So good stuff. Again, you know, if you're one of those people that this is on your way home from work, which I imagine is a whole bunch of people, great opportunity to stop and, you know, grab a couple pints and grab a growler and go home and then apologize to your wife that you're late <laughs> <laughs> or husband. Right. Yeah, good point. I'm telling exactly. you, speaking from my experience, there's a lot of those days where honey, I just need to stop at jungle gyms for a couple minutes. I swear. And then you know, a couple hours later, she comes walking in the door. I was coming to help you finish your grocery shopping. Sorry, honey. <laughs> um, so this, this is a question that we kind of, usually kind of lean into um and it's a big question with a lot of people but what was kind of your road to craft beer you know what what got you into this what what keeps you in this what is you know what is your personal experiences to kind of to craft beer if that makes sense um you want me to start okay this is andy um probably back in 95 through 97 i started working at a wine and um beer store uh, at that place uh the beer that they were getting in was a lot of european beers uh just some small craft 
beer at that time. Like the first boom that we had was coming online at that time as well. Uh, I was I was young, you know, 21 years old, um, and started drinking the really nice English beers, and never went back to the lighter American stuff, if you will, um, and loved it. So that's where I learned. Uh, we did beer tastings, wine tastings there, and really loved it from there. Uh, went on, had other jobs, uh, but I've always thought about going back to, you know, or wanted to open my own brewery. Because uh, back in the um, mid to late 90s, actually, there was a brew on Plymouth premise place, brewed a couple times there and was just in love with it. Um, just life got in the way, went into other jobs, um, and then always had that desire still to have my own place, uh, my own brewery. Um, it got to the point where about five years ago, one of one of my buddies that I was um, uh, working with, he ended up being a few months months from retirement. Um, he was he was um, killed in a tragic accident, and that's all he wanted to do was just get to retirement. You know, uh, didn't really wasn't real happy with his job, things of that nature. Just wanted to get to retirement. He never made it, and it's like we my wife and I went out to to dinner after the funeral, and my wife said, "Look." I'm happy. I love my job. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to own a brewery. I don't think she th- thought it was this big. So. <laughs> no, <laughs> so I was thinking, <laughs> she's thinking the five gallon kettles at home, you know, type of, of, of deal. And, um, you know, she's like, well, okay, let's go for it. So what a long, strange trip. It's been, <laughs> <laughs> it's been a, a huge, long, strange trip. So at that point in time, I had not really home brewed myself. I had been on brew on premise stuff. So I just tried to, cram as much knowledge as myself and bought my bought a one barrel system just so I could brew as many different batches as I possibly could and try as many different yeast strains as I possibly could in a short amount of time. Um, and then I knew that, you know, I'm not the best at it. Um, and I knew, knew that I needed to build a better team that was better than myself. So that's when I got, um, you know, Brian and Jeff and everyone else involved. And I think we've got a pretty good team here. Yeah. Anybody else? Restate the question. <laughs> what was your What was your road to craft beer? So I started as a home brewer, uh, which is I think a pretty common story these days in in craft brewing. Uh, I started way back in '96. Uh, actually, brewed my first batch with Rich. Uh, Rich is my first cousin, as it turns out. And so uh, I don't know. Just it was a it was a hobby for a long time, years and years and years and years. And eventually started all grain brewing, and then more years and years and years. And then I started pro brewing, and then uh, I mean. What's the, what's not to like about craft brewing? <laughs> I haven't found anything yet. <laughs> right. Uh, so much diversity, so many different styles to get interested in. So mu- you know, I don't know. I mean, well, that's what's fascinating to me is you know as as many beers as I've drank and I've tried, as many people have I, as I've talked to, you know, you can still go out on any weekend and sit down at a bar and your mind can be blown by something, you know, and just it's something that just keeps that 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 experience going over and over and over again it's often know, it's, in the least expected places right yeah <laughs> definitely definitely yeah this is rich um well tasha and i came on later to the project um as jeff said we had started home brewing together many many years ago and kept up with it for a while but then like andy said jobs and then kids got in the way kind of let it slide for a while but had you know had this dream kind of in the back of my head kept wanting to get back to something um tasha and i had even been to a point of entertaining other 
ideas about how to, you know, get back and be our own (laughs) boss, get involved with something. And, uh, you know, kept running into some, some roadblocks and some things and, you know, and speaking with Jeff, you know, um, we kind of met up with these guys and really had an interest and wanted to have our hands into something really interesting like this. So it all just sort of came together. Yeah, that's kind of where we came in. Anything else from you, Tasha? <laughs> no, that's just about it. Although, I mean, I never, I mean, I was always his assistant, so I never brewed by myself, but I think it definitely gave me, I, I think that's where my appreciate, appreciation for it came and there were many again before kids you said got in the way i would have said before the kids came along but i mean there were many saturday nights you know richard would be like oh hey let's go down to listerman and i need to buy some some okay and you know i'd be opening bins and sticking my head smell that one smell that one smell that one so yeah it's been fun yeah and you've always liked to drink the product too yes yeah it's the best part <laughs> and this is brian i um uh, I kind of started my stint more as an entrepreneur, fell in love with the passion of opening businesses. Um, brewing wasn't the first one on the list. I was an IT guy by trade, so there were a couple attempts at some software startups, right? Trying to imagine you're a Silicon Valley upstart, and then you realize you're in Ohio and you're not. So, uh, but no, it's it was just it's a lot of fun to um, to do business startups. There's a there's definitely a excitement to it. There's a challenge to it. And the bigger you go, the the more fun it is, the more challenging it is, the higher the risk, right? It's almost like a adrenaline junkie sometimes. But um, what ended up happening for me is somewhere in the middle of that stint, my uh, brother-in-law decided he was going to up and move to Brooklyn where there's no space to store or do anything. I mean, literally you're in a tiny little room when you get there. So he jettisoned a lot of stuff on us because he didn't want to take it to Brooklyn, rightfully so. One of those things was, uh, you know, one of the brewer's best home brewer kits, right? So and it came with a VHS videotape, cassette tape. <laughs> Going so, way back. Yeah. Taking it old school. Taking it old school, What's yeah. A VHS? Yeah, exactly, right? <laughs> so I, I got out my VCR and uh, watched the videotape and started brewing and uh, just ended up getting into a community of guys and, and girls that, you know, loved to homebrew and just became a passion. And then suddenly, somehow in that mix, it kind of mixed and mashed with the whole entrepreneur startup side of it. And... Um, here we are. I end up meeting meeting the team and sinking my teeth in pretty deep. <laughs> well, I, I know I, I can't wait to to see it all up and running. I, I can only imagine what that's like for for all of you guys who have something that you've been working on for so long and just to be at this point now and you can see it. It's so We're so close, but at the same time, I'm sure there's those days where you feel like it's never going to happen. You know, it's um, it's a combination of crying and laughing at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> so close you can it almost is. taste it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Probably, well, let's just jump into also. I um, was kind of reading through my notes before the show and saw um, you're doing the, the Founders Program, which I guess is another one of those. I, I always kind of, it, it's always interesting to me to kind of look and see people's reasons for doing stuff like that. You know, you've got some people who are, diving into it really hard for fundraising you've got other people that are in it just to kind of build some kind of community involvement around it some people who are just really just wanting to get the word out there and get more people aware of of what's happening so uh, if you guys can kind of talk about that a little bit too and kind of explain the 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 two different uh, i guess levels of the program and kind of what's 
what what what's included in it and more importantly you know kind of kind of why for people why why should they come in here and 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 drop some money before you guys are give them anything to drink <laughs> and f- so for the reasons you're one two and three i would say um it's a little bit of both or a little bit of all, all of those which is why we wanted to do it but um there are going to be two levels there's the standard and premiere the standard level is uh, will include a t-shirt drinkware both of which are special edition founders t-shirt drinkware that you'll not be able to get um, outside of being a founder and if anybody wants to get on Facebook and look at it, the glasses are fantastic. I wish we were on Periscope right now so we could show them off, but um, some really cool stuff. Um, but I think the, for, for me, I think the most exciting part of both memberships is we're going to have a Founders Tap. So once you're a member, we're going to have one Founders Tap that it'll change every time you're here, hopefully. It might be something experimental, um, a special release, but... Only the card-carrying member can... Is it going to be hidden behind some kind of retina scanner or something? Because I feel like that was <laughs> we, pretty we thought awesome. about that. <laughs> something like that. <laughs> so, so we really wanted to have you know, a special part of being a member uh, other than you know, just some of the swag like the T-shirt and drink. Right. Um, the, so that's the standard. That's $100. Uh, then there's the Premiere. And that will include everything that I just mentioned for the standard level, but also we're going to do a stainless steel double-walled growler and also a Founders Edition. And we will um, have a special invitation to a a pre-opening party. As of yet, we do not have our dates. That's to be be announced, but that should be pretty special. Are you gonna have some kind of Founders Wall thing? And we are going to have um, a Founders Wall, do some kind of sign with plaques so that everyone can know that uh, you were brave enough to support us in the the early part. Well, you you know, I, I know that day is coming where somebody's not going to be successful with something like this. But you walk in here and you look at what's going on, and it's it's not like you're you're gambling on something like you know you, we know that this place. I you know, I haven't tasted any of your beer yet here, and. I know that it's going to be good, you know, like nobody just comes in, oh, I'm just going to do this and I'm going to wing it and, and see what comes out. You know, it, it's, it's not, it's not a gamble. It's just, are you one of those people that lives in this area? Is this, is this your neighborhood brewery? Is this a place where you're going to be sitting right there in that seat, you know, more times than you want to admit than, you know, like it's a no brainer to, to, to me if, if, if you want to support somebody, you know, kind of, help them the way you can and and again you know talking about you know kind of spreading the word with people and stuff you know get on facebook and share stuff i don't think people understand how much that helps you know a place starting up like you guys just get on and 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 spread the word about it and um tell everybody you know (laughs) the the founders club is uh it's less about raising money right i mean you can you can look at this place and we've already spent all the money right there's (laughs) yeah there's there's not left much left to raise there, yeah. or spend, right? Yeah, I mean, there's a few hundred bucks in here, so um, it's not like we have a big gaping hole where you know fermenters should be, right? Where we're trying to like raise a project based. If this was a project based funding, we would have went to Kickstarter, or back to a bank, or other investors. You know, it's our it's our belief that um, community supports a lot of businesses, right? I mean, it's the whole local movement in brewing, but it's local movement anywhere. It's not just in the brewing industry, so. This is a way for people to get in, say they were part of something, and hopefully we're returning the favor by giving them access to things that um, not many people would have access otherwise, right? So um, it's kind of a, a nice little little trade-off. You know, they help us, we help them, but it's really not 
even about that. It's really about just building the community of, of followers and people who are going to call this place home. You know, get hyper local in your backyard. Um, and, you know, already it's great because a lot of the people that have signed up for the Founders Club, you know, we, we know a lot of them. A lot of them were either directly connected or one or two degrees removed. So I'm already envisioning what the dinner is going to look like, right? I mean, it's going to be... It's going to be a it's going to be a party. It's going to be a community thing. I mean, we all know each other. The, the party's going to be fun. It's going to be a really great time. And I think that's what it's about. We're building a, a community, and we're doing so with a quality, uh, quality, quality output in our in our operation that hopefully they enjoy and they get access to as a thank you. Well, I think it's important for people to realize that it's not to make sure the place opens up. You know, it's this is this is going right. to open up. I'm, I'm looking around. There's there's Someday. ingredients sitting in cold storage. There's tanks sitting right there. A brew house right there. You just got to plug it all in. Like you guys are just a, you know, it's it, it's going to open. So it's not a, you know, we've we've seen those kickstarters before where, you know, it's if this doesn't happen, this doesn't happen, and and that's definitely not what this is. We even had a discussion internally. Like, should we even do this because a lot of times you see it's like a cry a desperate cry for please help us get funded and in this case that wasn't what it was about at all but uh, again what brian said and what tasha uh, said as well like it's about building a community about serving your local community see honestly identifying the people who are the most passionate about what you're about to do and then okay well now you're on my radar like what what are you into what are you interested in we it, can kind it of gives you that that immediate kind of feedback with people you know yeah, those insight. people that you can go to and it's a street say team too. what are what are we doing right what are yeah. we doing wrong and um, no, I mean, it's, I, I, like I said, I, I can't wait to see what this place turns out like. So, and, and then also the price point for the 10250 that's not like a yearly renewal or anything like that that's for life. Right. So it's, it's not like we're trying to make this a, a, a you know, a yearly income. It's not a subscription. <laughs> right. It's not a yearly income stream for us. It's literally a one-time thing. That's it for life. Yeah, there's no cancellation fees. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't really want this anymore. Yeah, that's right. I'm done. Well, I'll tell you what. Let's let's take another quick break. Um, and when we come back, um, I don't know what we'll talk about. We'll talk about something. Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. You're invited to join us at the 2016 Brewers Charity Golf Classic, presented by Top Golf and Jake Sweeney Chevrolet, benefiting ProKids.org. This premier golf tournament will be hosted at the prestigious Four Bridges Country Club in Liberty Township. This two-man best ball scramble features over $100,000 in cash and prizes. The Brewers Charity Golf Classic tees off at 1 p.m. on Monday, October 3rd, 2016. Premium craft beer stations will be available on every third hole. Player registration ends September 25th. So get your best two-man team together and register online at www.brewersopen.com. You know, there's no need to be uptight. <laughs> beer, beer is about having fun. The dream, the dream is definitely the fact that we went from homebrewing in a garage to where we are today. Right? That is, that is the dream. Where we go from here, we're gonna, we're gonna continue to figure out as we grow. Uh, we uh, and we don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Can you have more fun with your clothes on? I don't think so. <laughs> You're listening to Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.
Hey everybody, we're brought to you by Brewer's Buddy, your best friend in brewing. Brewer's Buddy is the latest homebrewing system on the market. It's a patent-pending, gravity-fed, beer homebrewing platform made affordable for anyone who loves the craft of brewing beer. It's versatile, durable, affordable, and it's safe. You can follow them at Brewer's Buddy on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and you can find out more about them at brewersbuddy.com. Make sure you pre-order now at www.brewersbuddy.com. Brewers Buddy, your best friend in brewing. This is Steve Shaw. This is Eric Bosler. Hi, my name is Gamel Nagy. Hey, y'all. This is Sean Willingham. This is Brett Coleman-Baker. Hi, I'm Scott LaFollette. Hi, this is Evan Rouse. Cellar Dweller Craft Beers. Darkness Brewing. Rivertown Brewing Company. Admissible Brew Works. Urban Artifact Brewing. Blank Slate Brewing. Braxton Brewing Company in Covington, Kentucky. In Cincinnati. In Northside. In Hamilton, Ohio. Bellevue, Kentucky. Morrow, Ohio. You're listening to Cincy Brewcast. Cincy Brewcast. And you're listening to Cincy Brewcast. The voice. The voice. The voice of Cincy Craft. <laughs> Sensi Brewcast, the voice of Sensi Craft. This is the gnarly gnome from the gnarly gnome.com from, I don't know, everything and everything in between of, seems like I'm doing more than I'm not doing these days, but hopefully we'll be getting back to normal very soon with uh, Tina coming back next week to help me. Um, we'll be at Woodburn talking everything woodburn and uh i think they're opening their doors this come well depending on when you're listening to this um i don't know when they technically they've been soft opening for what seems like <laughs> three weeks now, but, um we'll be talking to them we'll ask them when are you open <laughs> um which i guess is a great lead into a question for you guys when are you opening <laughs> Yes, Brian, when are we opening? Ish, and we're okay with ishes. We just, that's the question that everybody's going to ask me tomorrow when I tell them that this is where I was tonight. So You know, it's, it's interesting, and I know every business owner out there will will know this, especially breweries. You know, with, with breweries, you've got to have everything in place. Everything's got to be operational. It's got to be hooked up. It's got to be working, right? So a lot of people ask you when you're opening. Well, it's, it's not as easy as a date, right? Because, you know, today the... You know, the well, boilers behind I think I first tomorrow's. read that you guys were opening last March, if I remember. Oh, right. <laughs> oh yeah. You had to bring that up, didn't you? Yeah. They had to I have to take a one. dig at every journalist that I can because <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> because of who I am. Yeah. We barely got the keys to the building in March. <laughs> so, yeah. No. Uh no, we, we uh we're we're hoping that um, fall is definitely an open date, right? I think uh, September, October is in the realm of possibility. Uh, I hate saying specific even months like that because you know anything can go wrong knock on wood that it doesn't but those are definitely within the realm of possibility i mean you can see from this place that um there's very little left to do the stuff that is left to do is some of the most important stuff to get stuff operational but uh massive amounts of infrastructure here right we're most of the way there we're most of the way there um but you know it's it's always dicey you've got you know, seven or ten different entities that got a license you to open. You've got, you know, vendors that come up with issues that were unforeseen. You've got suppliers who suddenly are back ordered on stuff. So every day is a new challenge. And, you know, sometimes I go to bed crying and I wake up happy. And sometimes <laughs> I go to bed happy and wake up crying. Oh, we so. can we can safely say that probably 2016. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah, definitely. <laughs> yeah. 
2016 or it's not happening hopefully ever. <laughs> hopefully <laughs> this fall ish yes september october is a good a good way to say it um i'm very hard pressed to envision this going beyond october of course i might the universe might just make me a liar for saying it but um that's we're, we're within the next uh 30 60 days for sure awesome um I don't know. I mean, what else do you guys want people to know about you? Anybody? You asked a deep think question when we've been (laughs) like buried in the day-to-day grind trying to get open. It's hard to shift your brain a little bit. I think one of the the one things I'm pretty proud of our team with is that um, if we have a discussion or questions on anything, we always try to come back to uh, what what's the quality of it, what's going to do to the end product, and that matters on what green we're using, what other materials we're using, hops, uh, our water. Um, proper you know, and, glassware. And definitely proper glassware. As you see, we have a variety of different glassware uh, here. So we want the, the customer to come in and have the absolute best experience they can with the pint that they just paid I, for. I appreciate that more so, than more than I sometimes care to admit I'm a little bit of a glassware nerd. So. Yeah. And we're, um, we're glad Jeff is kind of that way too. And he's turned <laughs> us all into that now. He's created monsters out so of us. So let's, let's put yeah. the public service announcement, announcement out right now. <laughs> do not steal glassware from your local brewery. Yes. Don't yes. do it. It's, you know, what, five, six dollars to buy a glass. Pay for glass if you really want to take one home. Don't steal glassware. It is one of the worst things you can do to a business starting out. I've seen the numbers on some of these places on the money that they lose. Don't break them. Don't steal them. <laughs> it <Or> disincentivizes <laughs> the, the brewery to invest in good glassware. You you know, I've, I've seen it with some places where they start out really great with some really great glassware, and then a year into it, they just kind of throw in the towel, and they say, that's it. We're going with standard plain shaker pints, and um, they save a whole bunch of money doing it, and uh, I'm sorry, it makes we, us sad. We've embedded RFID chips in all our glassware, so good luck. <laughs> <laughs> so and, now and you're going to get some kind of cancer while you're drinking your beer, I think. <laughs> locate my glass.com and honestly it'll all be f- available for sale anyway so right um which if if what i'm seeing you guys drink out of are any hints at some of the stuff that we'll see it's uh it's some pretty cool stuff um so sometimes i like to do and i didn't prepare so i'm gonna be pulling these out of my gnome ass but um some one word questions one word answers um dogs no and that's my fault that's not a one-word answer answer. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, the word andy's looking for is allergic yes 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 um barrels yes um oh shit i had another one that was on tip of my tongue maybe eventually Uh, that word maybe eventually (laughs) maybe maybe eventually is a better word than yes okay um packaging Eventually. Eventually. <laughs> Sensing a trend here. Yeah. I mean, kegging is packaging, but... Um, and I know the answer to this. Food. Food trucks. Is that one word or two? Well, hyphenated. Okay, just, <laughs> just trucks. <laughs> trucks. Um, Zoning. <laughs> yeah, hands are tied. We have a winner. Could this be a contest of the best word? <laughs> it should be. I should, I should. I should send. I should write out the questions beforehand and give them to everybody so they can think about it the whole show. Um, that's all I've got. I I put my lap, my uh, my iPad away because you guys burned through all my notes and answered everything that I think I wanted to know. Um, what can what can Cincinnati slash Dayton do for you guys? 
Well, I think I'll say something. I'll let Andy say something. Looks like he was about to say something. I cut in, but um, yeah, when when we embarked on this project and we looked at the locations, like sort of full circle to this um, this brewcast, I think we're in a, a a prime location to really bring the communities together. Right, uh, we're friends with a lot of the breweries in both markets. We know a lot of people. Our team is, you know, um, has you know have a lot of friends in the industry. So. Um, I think it's a great opportunity for us to stay in connection and connected to the Dayton scene, right? And participate as much as we can, stay connected and in connection to the Cincy scene and participate as much as we can. Um, I think there is a possibility to bridge those communities and do some really unique things in between. Um, and I think we've, everything you've seen here and that we've talked about has positioned us to do that. So. Here's here's a fun hypothetical question that isn't probably for you guys. It's probably for a lot of other people. Will you get shunned next year for Cincy Beer Week because they will call you a Dayton brewery? That's a good question. Yeah, that is indeed a question <laughs> for others, but uh, that remains to be seen, I guess. Uh-huh. Hope don't get shunned. I mean, <laughs> well, it's it, it, the proof is on the, the proof is in the glass. Like you were talking about earlier, at the end of the day, we're not asking anyone to take anything on faith. Like by all means, give us a shot, but. I remain confident that you will not be disappointed. Awesome. Yeah, and also as far as Cincinnati's concerned, we'll, you'll see us down at uh, Nipper Stadium too. Ooh, fantastic. So serving our beer down there. Awesome. I can't wait. <laughs> After, as a longtime season ticket holder of the Bearcats, the last couple years has been very fun watching it finally make that turn. and, yep. and um not only to see them make that turn, but to have to wait in line for craft beers is always fun to see. So, And if we get banished from a market, then we'll change our name to The Wandering Fig and we'll find a home. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you guys will get banished from a market, but <laughs> yeah, then again, there's a first time for everything. That's so right. <laughs> That's all I've got. Anything else, you guys? I think so. No, I think we're good. All right. Well, um, I cannot thank you guys enough for sitting down with me. I know that after a long day of trying to start a brewery the last time the last thing you want to do sometimes is sit here and 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 talk about everything and um so we thank you very much and we will definitely be back I was with gonna, a uh, live show i was about to say we look forward to the opportunity maybe having you back in the spring when things have settled a bit more absolutely and um we will sit here with a packed tap room and um show you how we really do this thing so thank you guys we we, we, we appreciate it very much thank you very much this is uh this has been Cincy Brewcast. Um, make sure you follow us on all of our social media, especially iTunes. And um, I don't think anybody has rated us on iTunes, and we've never really talked about that. But um, get on and and like I don't know, you're supposed to write something and like give us five stars or something like that. I don't know, but but do something like that because it helps us. So thank you guys, Cincy Brewcast, the voice of Cincy Craft.